Tyreek Hill has been traded to the Miami Dolphins. That is the breaking news that we have for you today here on the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Ed Burtzel here. No Jake, no Adam. Just me. You get a one-on-one little session, little emergency podcast for everybody out there, of course, given the absolutely stunning breaking news that we have had this afternoon here on Wednesday. I was going to actually wait to do this. I'm actually recording uh, the Basement Talk Podcast with Adam later on so of course subscribe to the basement talk podcast at leave a five-star review and you'll have that episode in your inbox where i was going to wait for later and we were going to uh, to talk about this but figure of course that this is the basement talk podcast fantasy show figure i come on and we talk about the fantasy implications of the tyreek hill trade going from kansas city to the miami dolphins so what are the details of said trade. Well, it is, of course, the aforementioned Tyreek Hill going to the Miami Dolphins in exchange for a first-round pick, second-round pick, a fourth-round pick, all in 2022, and then a fourth-round pick and a sixth-round pick in 2023. From a Kansas City perspective, we'll start there. Patrick Mahomes, he's still fine. He's still the QB2 in my ranks. I've been updating my ranks over the past hour or so, and when trying to move Patrick Mahomes around, I, I just couldn't stomach putting Patrick Mahomes below a Justin Herbert in my ranks, who's my QB3 sitting at 59th overall. Did Mahomes take a bit take a bit of a hit in the overall ranks? Absolutely. Before, when he was sitting around maybe 30th, 31st overall, yeah, that was probably the spot that I had him at before. Now he's sitting at 37 overall, so he's not a locked and loaded 3-4 turn pick, but definitely more of a of an established fourth round pick that you could definitely take. And, and Mahomes is, is still going to be fine. I don't think there's going to be any real crazy turnover in terms of Patrick Mahomes' numbers. He's still going to be great. You still have Juju Smith-Schuster, who now gets catapulted way up and I haven't ran projections on him as of yet. I wanted to make sure that I got, got this episode out. So we'll definitely have more uh, in terms of concrete numbers uh, later on on the Basement Talk podcast. And then, of course, continuing on the Basement Talk podcast fantasy show next week. But Juju Smith-Schuster absolutely gets a boost from no Tyreek Hill. It'll be interesting, of course, you know, with the receivers to see what what Kansas City decides to do if they are going to go with what they have right now, Judas Smith-Schuster, Michael Hardman, Josh Gordon, or if they're going to bring in other names. I know from a source the Chiefs are, are meeting with Marquez Valdez-Scantling, formerly of the Green Bay Packers. He is uh, in, a, in, a, in a visit to Kansas City right now, so it'll be interesting to see if Kansas City is able to get that one done. And then with the first-round pick, that Kansas City has now acquired from from Miami does that allow them to then go ahead and take a receiver in the first round of this upcoming draft it's quite possible that that is the way that Kansas City may go but of course the the loss of Tyreek Hill is is going to take time you know to to kind of clear up to get used to because he, he's, he's a game changer he's a game changing receiver he really opened up this offense for Kansas City and now Patrick Mahomes is going to have to work with what he has. But in, that's not saying that it's going to be any worse. It's just not going to be as stone-cold, locked, and loaded as maybe one would think. But the plus side is for Travis Kelsey. 
Travis Kelsey now is the stone-cold, locked-and-loaded tight end one in fantasy football. I have him moved up to 15th overall. He is a number two, he's a round two pick. This is a stone-cold guaranteed as it gets. If you want a guy that is now going to just be an absolute machine at the position, that is it. But the problem is is now you're going to have to pay, again, a plus premium pick to get Travis Kelsey. But he is going to guarantee he's going to be brilliant for, for fantasy given that he is now the guy in this offense without Tyreek Hill there anymore. So Travis Kelsey now... You got to, you have to put him above Mark Andrews. As much as I love Mark Andrews, and as much as I still would love to t- have Mark Andrews on my fantasy teams, Travis Kelsey now is is the is the tight end one, and it'll be interesting to see in the next couple of days and, and couple of weeks after this where exactly Travis Kelsey kind of settles. But the instant reaction that I think a lot of people within the fantasy community and uh, amongst experts have is that Travis Kelsey is now just going to go through the moon and 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 rightfully so because he's going to be he's going to be as locked and loaded of a tight end as as it gets especially on a week to week basis. If you want consistency at the position, it's going to be Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews. But the problem is is now you're going to have to pay a very premium price for both of them and now more so maybe Kelsey than than with Mark Andrews. But from the uh, Miami Dolphins perspective, and I think that's probably where a lot of people um, are going to have their questions about, you know, w- how do we approach this now? Because obviously there were a lot of people who loved Jalen Waddle. There were people who uh, had some hope that Mike Kosicki would potentially be a thing. Uh, there were questions about Tua and whether or not maybe he would be a viable fantasy option. We'll start with we'll start with Tua. Tua for me, he's got a lot to prove, and I think with the, with the two spots for Tyreek Hill, with the Jets and the Dolphins. There were a couple of different things that could have ended up happening where he was going to be going into an unproven offense regardless. The one spot that I really wanted to see him go to, which one was not mentioned, but it was one where I really did say to myself, how come there is not much more mention of this place as a spot for Tyreek Hill? And that was the Green Bay Packers. I was really surprised that the Packers did not did not. I guess be more aggressive on this, but then again, Tyreek Hill is going to be paid more than Devontae Adams. So if the Packers traded Devontae Adams because they couldn't afford him, then I guess they couldn't afford Tyreek Hill either. So I guess I understand that from an economic sense. But if you're looking for just a stone cold like for like replacement, they could have gone from Devontae Adams to Tyreek Hill, and that would have been a perfect spot for Tyreek Hill, and you could have been talking about Tyreek Hill potentially as the number one receiver in fantasy. But now that he's in Miami with Tua he does take a bit of a hit, but going back to Tua, Tua is going to be a very solid option, I think, in two quarterback and deep, deep leagues. I think twelve and fourteen league setups is probably the way that I think I would go if I'm going to approach Tua. I think you could find better options in ten team leagues. Twelve, like I said, you probably can get away with it if you're looking for a guy with some sort of upside. But there is no doubt about it now that if there is ever a time for Tua to show what he has, this is the time. This is absolutely the time for Tua Tungabailoa to show what he has, to show that he can be the answer for the Miami Dolphins. Because you have to remember, not long ago, the Dolphins were kicking the tires on 
Deshaun Watson and suggesting that they weren't entirely sold on Tua. And now Deshaun Watson is in Cleveland and looks like with Mike McDaniel now as the new head coach in, in Miami, no longer is it Brian Flores, of course, infamously no longer Brian Flores, he's going to have to be the guy. And if, if Tua does not get Miami into some level of contention this year, I mean, the Dolphins really got to, I guess, re- like reevaluate that, that quarterback position because, I mean, hey, they just went out and they spent an absolute fortune to get one of the best receivers in the National Football League to try and get their quarterback up to speed to see what they have with him. And they've given Tua all of the pieces. They've invested heavily in the running back position this offseason with Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert. They've continued to invest in Tua by bringing in Cedric Wilson this offseason. They placed a franchise tag on Mike Kosicki. They drafted Jalen Waddell, his old college teammate, a year ago. Now they bring in Tyreek Hill. They are all they are trying to make this offense in Miami tailored to Tua, and now it is up to him to show that he is the guy. As for the running backs now, uh, if you listen to the Basin Talk Podcast Fantasy Show that was released on Tuesday, uh, you heard that Jake and I were very, very much against any Miami Dolphins running back, and that stays the same. I do not want any bit of Chase Edmonds. I do not want any bit of Raheem Mostert. I don't want any bit of of Miles Gaskin. Blah. No, thank you. And I don't want any bit of Salvin Ahmed. I don't want any bit of this backfield. Stay well and clear from this backfield now. Mike Kosicki takes a hit for sure. I had him before as my number 12 tight end. He's going to fall a little bit. He'll be outside my top 12 for sure. So he'll probably settle as a high-end to mid-tight end, too. I would say probably more in the high-end tight end, too, with a little bit more room for upside. But we could sit here and say that Mike Kosicki, you know, we have hopes for him that he can go and be this touchdown machine. But Mike Kosicki had two touchdowns last year. So how can you say to me that there is touchdown upside with Kosicki when he only had two? And you could say, yeah, there's positive touchdown regression potential there. And there is. There is for sure. But for me, it, it, it's going to cost you nothing to do it. So I guess if there's like a piece of this offense that maybe you want some of it, I guess, sure, you, you could you could probably make the case. But for me, it, it's just not worth it. I mean, if we're looking at the if we're looking at the tight ends that are in the range of Gesicki, you know, you're probably going to be looking at guys like Tyler Higby. You're probably be looking at guys like Dalton Schultz, maybe Rob Gronkowski. I, I like all those guys more than I would like Mike Kosicki, so I would just stay well and clear. He kind of reminds me right now of like a Hunter Henry sort of where it's kind of touchdown or bust that maybe he'll be a 40, 50-yard tight end. Then if he gets you a touchdown most weeks, then you're kind of saying, okay, it was a great start. And if he doesn't, then you're just kind of you know saying to yourself, you know, crap, it was a bad start for me because he won't return much in uh, in any sort of uh, in any sort of setups. But the main reason that we are all here, and that is to evaluate the receiver position now for the Miami Dolphins. Cedric Wilson, I was pretty high on. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I really was excited about the potential for Cedric Wilson in this offense based on the finish that he had in 2021 whilst with Dallas. He, he really carved himself out a nice spot in that Dallas offense and, and Miami gave him a nice contract in, in, in the offseason. They gave him a three-year deal. 
And now with the acquisition of Tyreek Hill, all of that goes up in smoke. It really does. And it's it's really, really sad to say that, that I, you know, I, I want no part of Cedric Wilson. He really is only going to be viable in 14 team leagues, most likely coming out of the draft. But he's someone to keep an eye on for sure. But yeah, I mean, now you're you're going into an offense now where there's Tyreek Hill, Devontae Parker, Jalen Waddle, guys we'll get to in a minute. You're looking at Cedric Wilson now as like the wide receiver four in that offense. So, you know, no thank you on the Cedric Wilson front. Devontae Parker, kind of the same as Cedric Wilson. You know, he definitely takes a back seat a bit. But, you know, as like a third option in this receiving core for 12 and 14 team leagues, I don't mind it, I guess. But again, you're trusting your faith in Tua to get his number three receiver the ball. A little tricky, if you ask me, and not something that I really want to be uh, be holding my hat on for sure. But now let's get to the two big ones, the guys that I think are going to be most severely impacted by this. We'll start with Jalen Waddle. Waddle's going to take a hit. He's going to have to. And and there are people out there that are going to say that the Waddle enthusiasts out there, maybe the people that have him in keeper leagues or dynasty leagues that are going to sit back and say he's going to be facing worse corners now. He's going to be going up against less double teams, blah, 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 blah. The bottom line is with Tyreek Hill coming into the picture, what does Tyreek Hill do best? He's a burner. He takes the top off of a defense. Tyreek Hill is going to be used in that regard, whereas Jalen Waddle now, he's probably going to be more of an underneath guy He'll get you your catches, probably, hopefully, but he's not going to be the guy that's going to go and be running verticals like the, like he was maybe a year ago. That's not going to be Jalen Waddle's game now because Tyreek Hill is going to come in and do that. So with the arrival of Tyreek Hill, it's going to cut into Waddle's target total. That's number one. And number two, he's going to cut into his average depth of target. It's going to be lower than maybe it was projected to be a day ago. And that that's just fact. You're, you're not going to be seeing Jalen Waddle just running bombs. And, and it, it sucks because a lot of people had high hopes for Jalen Waddle, myself being one of them. But now with the acquisition of Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle does take a bit of a dive. He, he's my 40th overall player when I had him at 26. Uh, before, and this is in um, half PPR. I haven't done my full yet. I haven't done my standard. We'll have more on that definitely within the next couple of weeks. But he, he definitely takes a dive, and I know that I would rather have DK Metcalf over Jalen Waddle now. I'd rather have Keenan Allen over Jalen Waddle. I'd rather have Deontay Johnson over Jalen Waddle. Three guys that, well, two of them, DK and Deontay, that Jake and I don't really love a whole lot. But Keenan Allen, yeah, I would much rather have Keenan Allen now over over Jalen Waddle. It's a real toss-up for me between Jalen Waddle, T. Higgins, and then another guy that I absolutely love now who I mentioned on the fantasy show on Tuesday that I believe is going to be – is projected right now. I not believe. I know he's projected for me as a top 12 receiver, and that's Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper versus Jalen Waddle is a real discussion now. And if I had said that to you 24 hours ago – you would have said, I'm smoking something. And now here we are, that Amari Cooper going into Cleveland with Deshaun Watson could be a better option in fantasy than Jalen Waddell in Miami with Tua Tungavailoa with the acquisition of Tyreek Hill now in the back. It's crazy. 
It's absolutely crazy where we've gone and how Amari Cooper just went from being basically did not have much value. No one really didn't want him going into Cleveland, didn't really have much there with Baker Mayfield. Now Amari Cooper has shot up boards, and now Jalen Waddle has just taken a free fall. And who knows where Jalen Waddle is going to end up. I think if we're being honest with ourselves, probably in like that fourth or fifth round range for Waddle is probably where I expect him to go. But, I mean, that's just that's a steep, steep, steep dive from him being a second-round pick where he was he was basically going late second, early third. Now you're talking about him being late third, definitely in the fourth. So that is a that's a massive fall from grace for uh, for Jalen Waddle. And apologies to anybody that hasn't been uh, in dynasty leagues and in uh, in keeper leagues as well, because you're definitely now scrambling trying to find some option for Jalen Waddle. My recommendation there is probably hold on to him. To be honest, I mean it depends on where you have him, but I mean dynasty dynasty managers hold on to Jalen Waddle. Hold on to him. Keeper, it depends on where you have him. Depend, it depends on what the keeper price is going to be. Um, if it's in, if it's in like the round six or seven range, maybe six, seven, eight range, then it may not be worth it to hold on to Waddle at that point. Maybe you could try and trade him for something. But right now, you, your best bet is to really hold on to Waddle. For being completely honest, and then if you really don't want him, then you just throw him back and you try, just try and go find something else. But it's early. I mean, it's a lot of overreaction right now, given the, uh, given how all of this just basically came together in a span of about thirty minutes. Really, you know, we first got the tweet from Ian Rappaport about how there was a possibility that Tyreek Hill would be traded, and then within thirty minutes, we got the update that he was traded to Miami. So from Adam Schefter. So yeah, it's been a crazy, crazy whirlwind of a of a day. But now, Tyreek Hill. Where does this leave Tyreek Hill? Well, before this, he was my wide receiver three. Now, he takes a hit because he's no longer with Patrick Mahomes. He's no longer with the Kansas City Chiefs. No matter what way you look at it, the Kansas City Chiefs are a better offense than the Miami Dolphins. I mean, that's, that's just fact. That's just fact. I don't think anybody is going, to, is going to debate that. But how far now does Tyreek Hill fall in the ranks? Well, when updating the ranks... I have Cooper Cup ahead of him. Not a surprise. I've had Cooper Cup ahead of him all along. Devontae Adams, when I updated the ranks, he took a little bit of a drop as well, but he's still ahead of Tyreek Hill. So then how about the guys now that were behind Tyreek Hill? Where do they compare now to Tyreek Hill now that he is in Miami? Justin Jefferson, he's my number two receiver now in all formats. Justin Jefferson is the locked and loaded number two receiver in fantasy Behind Cooper Cup, ahead of Devontae Adams, number two receiver, Justin Jefferson. He's ahead of Tyreek Hill. Jamar Chase, he comes in as my wide receiver four. Right behind Devontae Adams, my wide receiver three. Chase is above Hill. Chase, wide receiver four. He's ahead. Debo Samuel. I still have questions about Debo Samuel. You know, he he kind of moves a lot for me. But for the time being, as long as Jimmy Garoppolo is still in San Francisco, and I believe more and more as you know the days pass that Jimmy G is going to end up staying in San Francisco. Debo Samuel is going to be a top 20 pick. He's my wide receiver 5 for right now. He's ahead of Tyreek Hill. And then now we're talking Stefan Diggs, AJ Brown, CD Lamb who is quickly rising for me. Diggs and Brown are both ahead of Tyreek right now. 
because I think A.J. Brown, you know what he's got with Ryan Tannehill, and we've seen A.J. Brown perform with Ryan Tannehill. A very good connection that those two have. No one's, I don't think, is going to debate that too much, that there's more of a proven quality in Tennessee than there is, let's say, in Miami right now with Tua and Tyreek Hill. And then same thing in Buffalo with Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen. It's much of the same story. I think the quarterback play in Buffalo is is far superior than the quarterback play in Miami. And I don't think it takes a rocket scientist for me to say that, that Josh Allen is a miles better quarterback than Tua Tungavailoa. And it's going to it's gonna show itself. And Stephon Diggs, for what it's worth also, is going to have a lot less competition for targets because he's he's there. Yeah, they, they brought in Jameson Crowder. They have Dawson Knox. But you're looking at this Miami offense now. You have Mike Kosicki, of course, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Parker, Cedric Wilson. You have the running backs. There's a lot of mouths to feed in Miami. And yeah, they're still going to make Devo- uh, Tyreek Hill the number one guy. I mean, they spent five picks to get him. I would hope they would go ahead and do that. But, you know, it, for what it's worth, you know, Diggs, he's going to be the guy. He's going to be the guy in Buffalo. He's going to be the main ball toter without a shadow of a doubt. So that's why Diggs is ahead of Brown, and he's ahead of Tyreek Hill. And then C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb, for me, again, it's, it comes down to what offense is going to be better. And I truly think that Dallas offense is going to be better than the Miami offense with Tyreek Hill. That being said, I have Tyreek Hill ahead of CD, but that could absolutely change. I'm not 100% sold on CD being one spot behind Reek in my overall ranks right now. Tyreek Hill comes in at my 22nd overall pick, so he's the top of the third round guy in half PPR. That may change a little bit as you know we get you know more you know the 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 tide sort of calms a little bit. As right now, it is a lot of a lot of movement, a lot of crazy things going on. But in the meantime, Tyreek Hill is going to sit where Tyreek Hill is going to sit. He's going to be a third-round pick, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if he goes up a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if he were to move down a little bit because I know there's, there are people out there who just are not crazy about Tua Tungavailoa as a quarterback. I don't blame them. So the main takeaways here, Tyreek Hill, he's going to take a drop. Jalen Waddle, he takes a drop. Mike Kosicki, he takes a drop as well. Rest of the Miami offense takes a drop. Minus Tua, who gets some sort of boost. But I don't know if I really want to just put my fantasy life in the hands of, of Tua Tungabailoa. And Patrick Mahomes, the overall ranks, he takes a drop. But in the positional ranks, at quarterback, he still remains as my QB2. It's just the gap between Mahomes and Josh Allen just gets a bit wider. So that's really the only difference there for Mahomes. Uh, the running back situation in Kansas City is the same as it was. You know, I'm I'm still rolling with uh, I'm still rolling with Clyde there. Uh, Juju absolutely 100% gets a boost. I'm going to be really, really, really interested in the next couple of days to see where Juju Smith-Schuster kind of falls on uh, on ADP, where he's going in mocks, uh, live drafts, things like that. I'm be very, very curious to uh, to see. And Travis Kelsey, he is now the locked and loaded tight end one. Um, maybe you would call it a 1A, 1B with Mark Andrews, but I think now that he is the de facto number one option for Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, I think Travis Kelsey now, you've got to be pointing at him as the number one tight end in fantasy. So a very quick uh, emergency podcast for you. So thank you once again for, for listening. Thank you uh, 
for supporting the podcast. Make sure you are subscribed and you leave a five-star review. Adam and I will be back tomorrow on Thursday with a Basement Talk podcast. We'll be recording that tonight where we're talking about the Sweet 16 matchups for the NCAA basketball tournament. We'll be talking about some baseball, and we'll have some more reaction from the Tyreek Hill uh, trade, and we'll have some more fallout from, uh, from that. So until then, take it easy. Bye-bye.